This is Planted, a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and established in the faith. Today, Pastor Grimm talks about how people can be strengthened by the Holy Spirit, qualified by the Father, and delivered by the Son from the powers of darkness. Well, good day, Thad. How are you doing? Ah, it's good to be here. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, we are back here with the Planted Podcast, and we're on our series in Colossians, just starting out. Um, and this is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm still fighting a little bit of a cold. I probably sound a little froggy, but uh, feeling good. Uh, just... We're sitting six feet, one inches apart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Uh, don't have COVID. Uh, <laughs> I, knew it. I knew you could not say it. <laughs> yes, we're, if you're listening, we're still, you know, hopefully we're almost out of this, but we are uh, sitting here. We're at the beginning of March in 2022 is as we record this. So, um, so yeah, a lot of crazy things going on in the world right now. Uh, yeah, maybe that'll get integrated into our little yeah, talk today. Yeah, we'll see as, as Russia's invaded Ukraine and... So, um, and we are, we are praying for, for the church and God's witness through all of that. Um, but we are, we're still in Colossians 1. We are still working our way through Paul's introductory prayer. And so just a couple things to, to kick us off. I mentioned this in the first episode of, of this series, this podcast on Colossians, but just want to remind people, you know, as you study, and even if you're going back and revisiting a book, even like we are, we're going to be in this, you know, several weeks, um, but that it's always good to go back and read through the whole book again, the whole letter. Mm-hmm. You know, that part of our study, even though we focus in on specific sections, it's good to kind of keep that whole picture of what the letter's about. And even as I think I mentioned last week that, you know, as we go through these prayers, often in Paul's introductory prayers, some of the themes that are going to come out in the rest of the letter are introduced in the prayer. Uh, you know, so... It's good to just keep in that practice as you do study, even if you're focusing in on a, on a paragraph, a couple of verses, even if you're doing a word study, it's good to have the context, right? Yeah, and I know that one of my weaknesses is that I, because I love doctrine, I'll sometimes be studying the doctrine, yeah. which we're doing, of course, right. but it's good to go back and get the whole picture because this is also historical narrative in yeah. a sense, you know? And since uh, these lessons are for the church then, as well as the church time that we live in because we learn from history and yeah. the lessons are for us just as much right. as they were for them that uh, we want to be cognizant yeah. of the entire story. Exactly. So even though this particular genre is a letter and it's very much um, you know, doctrinal based, there's a lot of, of didactic teaching that happens in the letter, it still comes in context. It's still part of the story. We're in the New Testament era. We're in the churches being planted. We're first century. All that stuff needs to be related, you know, right, to this right, and understand right. what's going on to help us with that. And so even last week, as we were looking at verses nine and 10 in this prayer and this, this prayer, which I would say verses nine and 10 in a lot of ways were, are similar to Paul's prayer, his first prayer in Ephesians and Ephesians one, I think starting in verse 14 and so forth, he's praying for this being filled with knowledge and spiritual wisdom and understanding. So it's this enlightenment in, in, 
in um, in Ephesians, you know, it's like the enlightening of their mind through the Holy Spirit. But here's that same thing. But it's also related to a theme that we see that's going to be happening in Colossians. So why is he is he praying that they be filled with this knowledge? We talked about last time. It's this epigenosco. It's this full knowledge, right? This mm-hmm. full realization that he wants them to have um, and spiritual wisdom and understanding. Is because one of the things he's going to be talking about is this mystery religions and some of these other beliefs that are coming to combat the gospel that he wants to speak against. And so he's praying for spiritual wisdom and understanding because they need to be able to discern what's the truth and what's the what's not the truth. So yeah, and again, things that we're dealing with today, right? You never know right. which preacher you're going to be listening to at any given time. And so yeah. you have to have discerning ears to receive the word with joy, but right. go back and, and yeah. test the things and see if they're consistent with the word of God. Exactly, exactly. And it's not just preachers. It's going to be stuff we hear on the media. It's going to be... Um, if you're a student or you have you're the parents of students, they're going to be they're going to getting doctrine in their classes, in their university classes, mm. or in their high school that are going to be trying to teach them certain things. And we got to say, does it line up with scripture? Because there's a number of things that do, and there's a number of things that don't. Right, and yeah. we need we need discerning minds to know what that is. And so after verse ten, we as we're picking up here in verses eleven, twelve, and thirteen. I I think this part in some ways relates to another prayer that Paul has in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 3, as he starts, he moves from this prayer of of understanding now to to spiritual strength, and we see that same thing happening here. So I'm just going to read verses 11 to 13 as we discuss them today. He says, May you be strengthened with all power. This is the ESV. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so now we go from this prayer for spiritual understanding, which was to cause them to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, which we talked about last time in this whole idea, do we desire to bear fruit in every good work? Do we desire this knowledge of God that produces this? And then from there, he he transitioned to be strengthened with all power. Uh, And I think we mentioned even in previous episodes is that when with the Holy Spirit, this may have been when we were talking about Scripture, but that, you know, the this Holy Spirit always is coming with power. It brings power, this vitality to our life. It happens to be through the Spirit, right? This happens. He's strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Um, so when you think about spiritual power, when you think about the strength of the Lord, um, what comes to mind for you, Thad, as you think about why, why is this vital for us to be praying for all the time? Well... Uh, for me, I think of my utter inability to do things spiritually good, mm-hmm. right? So when I think of the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon me, uh, I think of, like just for example, in salvation, he's, he's quickened my, my heart, which gives me ability to uh, follow God, to love God. It gives me actually ability to believe. It says... Without God, it's impossible to do anything. And like, uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, um, the one verse where it says that in, in John, where it says, "No man can come to me except the Father draws yeah, him." Right? Exactly. That's inability. That no man can come. Right. Is, is speaking about ability. So I think about ability when I think of the the power of the Spirit. Yeah. And if we think, and we even talked about last week how this is Genesis one language before this in the bearing fruit. Right, and it's interesting that you know it was is when God breathed life into them 
right? That they, they, they were able to do this. And it was after the fall that that disconnection with God, that it would become spiritually dead, right? And now this reinvigoration, when we are regenerated, when we have new life of faith, it's coming by the power of the Spirit. So it's still Thad doing stuff. It's still Matt doing stuff. It's, it's, um, but it's empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? We, we, we only have life through that. And another picture of this of fruit is we talked about this in John 15, right? The, the vine and the branches, and apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. So it's that whole, it's that whole thing is continue to be prayed here. Just like we need that wisdom and understanding, we also need that strength, you know, to do this. And so he's praying for that. Sure. And it's interesting too that this that it's according to his glorious might. So so. It, the, the, even amid this prayer is is is, is an acknowledgement of praise that it's it's the glorious might of the Lord that, that gives us this power. Right? right. I want to go back just for a second yeah. because I wrote this down. And I think it's kind of cool. But being strengthened with all power is what we're reading in, in the ESV, and I'm not sure what it reads in some of the other versions, but um, it's the same Greek word um, that's mm-hmm. being used. It's um, it's the word um, dunamis. Dunamis is like that. Did you say dunamis. that already? Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh, okay. But dunamis. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes they, we, 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 that word kind of is a root for like dynamite. We sometimes yeah. We think, right? today that we get that same word for right. Yeah. So, but it's like being strengthened with all strength. It's like re, it's like a, a power being, yeah. being powerful with all power. Right. You know? Yeah. And it, it's more. It's just an emphasis as is when things are repeated. Right. You know, like almost when Christ would say, um. Amen, amen. You know, it, truly, truly. It's right, a, right. It is, yeah. It is it, definitely with emphasis, and it is the, um, and it's something that comes from God, right? right. It's in accordance with His glorious might, you know. So it's, it's uh, this kind of power we don't get on our own, right? It, it, it's a supernatural, right? Yeah, power, exactly, right? right. And that's that's where you were heading in the yeah, next portion, exactly. that I, according to His glorious might. Right. So what? Okay, so I was saying, according to his glorious might, so uh, it's strengthened with all power, and then you've got God's might, so he's doing all this work. Um, but is it, is it strange for me to, to be thinking about God providing a, a force into, into our lives to, to, act, to be active? You know what I'm saying? It's like right. there's that aspect that, okay, so... If we just go back to our spiritual essence before Christ comes, we are spiritually dead, mm-hmm. right? We can't raise ourselves from the dead spiritually, right? So we need the right. Holy Spirit to come. But so what you're um, saying, this expression is actually saying, so anything to do with spiritual uh, productivity has to be initiated by the Spirit in our lives to be... Yeah, I believe so. And, okay. I, and really, that's... In, and I would say as a Christian that it is intended to be all of life. I, we don't make a spiritual secular distinction. Right. Right. And, and as Christians, we shouldn't, right? I mean, but... So anything I do in life, I mean, I can still operate according to the flesh. And, and we'll see this in Colossians chapter 3 when he talks about the old self and the new self yeah. and, and stuff. But the... Yeah, there's this... If I am made alive by the Spirit then I should know that this new life that I have that is truly mine, it's not like I've become some little puppet of God right now. Uh, it, 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 I'm not just channeling some spirit here. But it, it really is this new being entity within me that is Matt, still Matt Grimm, but the new Matt Grimm and the new whoever, that that life that has been given is empowered and strengthened, is given life by the Spirit, and 
maintains and grows by the Spirit. Mm. You know, and so uh, you you can't. It's not like you got turned on, and now it's up to you. Right. No. Uh, we, we've been made alive, and, and this life is meant to be lived in partnership with God. What he says God. in the beginning of Philippians, he who began the good work and you will right. complete it right. to the day of Jesus right. Christ. And, and that's not taken, um, as you mentioned, um, the person out of the equation. It's just that that person is now given right. the ability to live it out. Yes. And, and and I think sometimes, I mean, I'm looking here at my, my cell phone, and it, uh, you know, we plug this in and it has a little battery that gets charged up, right? And then it kind of runs out through the day. And then we go plug it back in and charge it back up. And and I think sometimes we can we can equate that to our own life. You know, sometimes we get worn down or spiritually dry or things right. like that. I've used that analogy sure. teaching before. Um, which I which I think it serves the function of an of that analogy. But I think the point is we're always supposed to be plugged in. Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 idea is it's you know it's not like oh I should view my life this now as just having this battery power. No, th- this life is designed that I'm always plugged in. I'm always attached to the vine, you know, and and so and so therefore it's not in any way trying to diminish who I'm to be as the new person, but it's to acknowledge that it's in His glorious might that this new person exists and has life and vitality. And strength, and so it's something we should pray for ourselves and pray for one another. And and Paul is here praying that they would live according to that strength, right? Mm, mm. And and then and then what? And then for what purpose? He gives. He then has um, things that follow that that he wants them for all endurance, right? Because uh, life is tough, right? We do. You know, we this isn't going to be. The, the Christian life isn't easy. It, it, it comes with assurance. It comes with hope and expectation, but it's not necessarily, that doesn't equate to easy life. And so we need endurance. We get tired and we're going to get spiritually tired, right? Right. And so endurance. And then also patience. Why do we need patience? Um, because everything isn't given to us right now, right? We're in this already not yet <laughs> state, right? We're still waiting in expectation and hope and all those things, but we have to patiently wait for those things. So he's praying for patience and then also joy, that um, that uh, we can have joy even when things aren't going our way, right? Right, Because it comes from the Spirit. It comes with His glorious might, not mine. So I don't rely on happenstance. I don't rely on the circumstances of life to give me joy or not, which that often is what produces happiness, right? The uh, if. if if my team wins, I'm happy, right? If my <laughs> right. team loses, I'm sad. But I should be able to have joy regardless. Right, and the reason for that is because our team won. We <laughs> exactly. had victory at the cross. It was a done deal. Yeah. And so we can have, we can look forward to um, that absolute hope, which was guaranteed right. at the cross right. in the believer's It's life. the same yeah. thing if, if a, lo- a loved one or, or even ourselves, if we get a serious disease, cancer, you know, if, some, if a loved one has cancer is dying, um, we can still have joy um, knowing that, that that Jesus has provided eternal life. You yeah. know, I know, man. Us. But listen, I got strength and power. I mean, I mean, I, I can't qualify for this. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, exactly. So, so verse twelve. Um, the other thing that it's interesting here before we get to the word qualify is this: he's praying. That for all endurance, patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. He's actually praying for their worship. 
mm. of God. Yeah. He's not giving thanks at this point. He's he's still asking. We're still back up in verse 9 where he's asking for things. So these are all things he's been asking for. He's asking for this spiritual strength. He's asking that it would produce in them endurance, patience, and joy, and thanksgiving. And so he he's praying that they would be thankful, right? That, and what are they thankful for? <laughs> now here yeah. we get to your thing. They're thankful to the Father who has in the ESV, qualified you. I think the NIV uses the same word, but the old King James may meet, or uh, it's, it's a funny phrase that, that that you may meet the. But it's the it's the idea that we are adequate, right? It's that we meet expectations. We've met okay. whatever whatever qualifications God asks of us, right? The Father has provided for us. So the Father is the one that makes it adequate, uh, makes us adequate. Well, the Father's provided the way. He's qualified. He's qualified. He's made the determination, but the question is, how does he make that determination? So, because, well, first we we get that we, before that, before we get, because verse 13 is going to tell us how we're qualified. (laughs) Okay, one more step. But before we get there, there. he's qualified us for what, to, for what? what? What does this qualification give us? Yeah, it's saying inheritance. He says we share in the inheritance of the saints, saints in light. Wow. So now we've talked about this word saints before. I think um, right. we, back when we were looking at verse 2, but it's just holy ones, right? Right. Uh, and so, but how are we declared holy? We're declared holy because of what Jesus, Jesus makes us holy, which we're going to look at in verse 13 here. We've been set apart for but, a purpose. Right. And yeah. so, but this inheritance is... Is what we have, and it relates to verse thirteen. Well, actually, fourteen. We're going to get into too. So, the but this inheritance is is the we're given, and who gives the inheritance? The Father, right? The Father has has qualified us. He's determined that we're adequate, and he we get to have that inheritance. The inheritance is the I would say. It's we get to live in the light, which ultimately is the new heavens and the new earth, right? That we sure. get to we get to spend eternity in our redeemed, um, resurrected bodies with with the Lord yes, and, of light in the ultimate yeah. sense. But right now we we can grasp that light spiritually. Right? Yeah, because we, these we, are past tense. Yeah, we're living in these. This is a done deal, so we can recognize this fact yeah. that we are in the light. Right. Yeah. So even inheritance, something that I that in in some senses, like, well, I get to have the full expectation of that now. But if I'm written in the will, (laughs) so to speak, right? I know that's my inheritance. I may not have it fully yet, but I'm guaranteed. It's 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 written in the will. It's there, and so much so that he speaks of it in past tense. Mm -hmm. That this is that we are qualified. We he has qualified you past tense, right? And then he and then verse thirteen, he's delivered us past tense from the domain of darkness and transferred us past tense, right? Into the kingdom of his of his beloved son. Wait a minute. Past tense transferred us to the kingdom. I mean, we're not in heaven right now. No, we're not. So so what is so that must mean so if my understanding of kingdom is only heaven, I'm now heaven that, that new heaven that is his kingdom, right? Right. But he's it obviously must mean more than that if he said I'm already transferred. So how do we work that out? Uh, well, perhaps if we go back. Um, I'm thinking of when Jesus, uh, when he was walking the earth, he said, you know, truly I say to you, the kingdom is in your midst. Yeah. So what does that mean? I mean, um, to me, Christ is king, right? So whoever the king is, we have a kingdom. 
Right. So the king has a kingdom. So what kind of kingdom does he have right now? And so one way to I've heard theologians, I think some of my seminary professors would use this word too, that how do you define kingdom? And they would say it's where the rule, the kingdom of God, it's where the rule and reign of God is. Wherever the rule and reign of a king is, that's his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so the, does God have rule and reign right now um, in this present world? Well, perhaps another hint would be when he was talking to um, uh, either King Herod or Pontius Pilate, and I can't remember which one, but he says, my kingdom is not of this world. Um, so he said, if, you know, if it were the, my, my, yeah. my soldiers would fight for me or, or whatever. Right. So, um, it's a spirit, there's a spiritual kingdom, mm-hmm. um, of which it sounds like is activated in this verse. So, yeah. And it's not, and so we know by, it's not just a spiritual kingdom. We know there is, there is literally a kingdom that is coming, the new heavens and the new earth that will be experienced here. But sure. I would say there is also a literal kingdom right now. That right. yes, so, it's, it's spirit. We, we sometimes we like to distinguish it as spiritual, but but I know that you and I are both physical. Okay, so let's do this. So when Jesus, you know, let me know if I'm wrong in this thinking. But when Jesus was here on earth, he mm-hmm. said, "Behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. He's the king. Yeah, he's there. The kingdom is certainly there. But right. now, uh, after his death and re- resurrection and ascension, uh, we are told that we are the body of Christ. Yes." So yeah, so that's my point. I think that I would I would say the kingdom of God present now is in the church. In the church, the true church, the, not just the. Sometimes we talk about the visible church and the invisible church. Right. You know, I would say it's truly in the invisible church, the true believers. Mm-hmm. But it manifests itself in the visible church, and so there are there is a polity, a a you know to a real physical governing of people through the church. Sure, okay. Right? That 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 exists as a body, as a, you know, we could call it a body politic in some sense, right. but it but it's but what rules is it living by? How mm. is it governed? Because and, and, and I think we'll even see some of this come out as we as we go through Colossians, but I think it's important today. Uh, yeah. even talking about, you know, I, I brought up Ukraine earlier, right? Um and, and so there is a kingdom that is a that we could call Russia that is attacking another kingdom we could call Ukraine that is a that is a um state a you know a geopolitical each is a geopolitical state that that has authorities over it and so forth and one is attacking another so one there's a kingdom that is that is coming against another one mm-hmm. right um there's land involved there's a author- there's agencies and organizations that could be overturned, right, or taken over by another group. But there's also people. There's actually individuals that are enduring all this, you know, too. And so often when we think of kingdoms, we want to put everything in those terms. And we can know in the new heavens, the new earth, it will all be under the reign of King Jesus. But right now it doesn't seem like King Mm. Jesus is reigning in Russia or Ukraine or whatever, right? Um, But in one sense he is because he has— Believers in each of those places. Yeah, and just and, to manifest that, did you see the video of the people the in the subway, subway singing worship, worship songs? songs? Yeah, in the middle of turmoil, right. being derooted from their homes and, and and yeah, but they're worshiping because why? Because they are living um, with the understanding that yes. the victory's already been won, and right. they are children of of light. Right, and, and so. 
they they have been delivered from the domain of darkness and mm. transferred to the kingdom of the beloved Son, and so they can give thanks, yeah. <laughs> you know, for that even in the midst of that trial. And so I think it's important to see that. Yeah. So I think sometimes when people say, "Yeah, God, he has a spiritual kingdom." And I'm getting into some eschatology here. Some people will accuse Amalus of not believing in a literal kingdom because they say, well, it's a spiritual, he's reigning spiritually right now. And I'm like, yes, he is, but that is that has a literal manifestation even now here right. on earth through the church and will one day be literal in, in, in fullness in the new heavens and the new earth. So I'm not spiritualizing something. I'm just talking about the nature of that literal kingdom. Yeah, we're actually here. saying the kingdom, kingdom is manifest now. Exactly. Yeah, so it's it, right. It's, little, it's bearing. It, it might even be a little more literal than those who are waiting for, uh, you know, the millennial type of kingdom. And yeah, I think so. Yeah, and so. and it, it, even Paul here is seeing it because he's saying it's bearing fruit and increasing because the word of the truth, the gospel, is going forth into the world. Right up up, up in the earlier verses, and then he's but he's but he's knowing it's an ongoing process and he wants it to keep happening. Right, but as we do that, we have this mentality. Of and this belief, this true faith in the spiritual wisdom and understanding that says, "That's who I belong to. That's where my real citizenship." He says this in other in other of his letters. Is, is it Philippians where he says, "My citizenship is in heaven," mm. right? And, and so that's that's a real thing. Right. You know, it's not something I'm just waiting for someday. It's actually right now because he's again he's using past tense and all this. Right. So then the question is still we got to get to verse fourteen. How are we qualified? How have we been delivered? How have we been transferred? Uh, if, if this is the kingdom of his beloved son, what's, what is the beloved son done to allow us to be qualified and delivered and transferred? Verse 14. Yeah. And it's in, yeah. So going back to 13, when we see that first, <laughs> he has delivered us, this is still speaking of the Father. Yes. He has delivered us from the domain yeah. of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved sons, right? Mm -hmm. So of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, right? So it's yeah. all in the son of whom we have redemption. And redem redemption right. is being the price that was paid on the cross for all who would believe in him. Yes. Yeah, so so exactly it. The, the son redeems us. Mm. He purchases us. He buys us back. That's what redeem means, to buy back. He has bought us back from where? From that dominion of darkness. Wow. We were in the dominion of darkness. He's bought us back, and that allows mm. us to be transferred to the to the uh, kingdom of the beloved Son, and in which we have the forgiveness of sins. That's what qualifies us. Why are we Why did why did we why do we feel unqualified to be called children of God or be in His kingdom? Because we know we're sinful, right? Right. And so, but but what what takes care of that sin problem? Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection, right, is able to forgive us our sins. And so it's because that slate has been wiped clean, and because we are forgiven, now we're qualified, and we can share in the inheritance because right. our sins are forgiven. Right. And so right? the forgiveness of sins, we we have to be thinking of that when we're talking about redemption, um, the forgiveness of sins, that the wages of sin is death mm -hmm. right that's what that's what our sins have bought for us right yeah. <laughs> the prior actions our sinful actions right. that creates death in us and so we are deserving of only um judgment of god but by his mercy and grace he paid the price of our death is what we're saying right it was christ's death that he bought us that's the redemption um he went to the cross on our behalf right and redeemed us he took the weight 
of the payment of our sins. And then um, he also gave us his righteousness. So there's a, there's a double transfer that takes place. What do we call that? The, you're talking about imputation? Yes. Yeah. So the imputation, our sins are imputed to him and his righteousness is imputed mm-hmm. to us, right? right? Which means that it's accounted, it's credited. So Christ's right. redemption was given to our account, right? right? right. Wipe wiped the slate, slate clean yeah. of everything. Okay. Yeah. And I think it's important too, to, as we think about that, because if we think about it again, strengthened with all power and we and the spiritual, be filled with this full knowledge and spiritual wisdom and so forth, mm. that... That what does ultimately that credit describing and displaying? It's I would to to put this back in Old Testament terms because even in the Old Testament, you know, we we're talking about this bearing fruit and increasing, and and we had the kingdom that was there in Eden that was to expand into all the earth, but yet we fell out of that into the and Adam and Eve fell into that dominion of darkness and all their descendants and so forth until God's redemptive work has been happening. But the, the this um, idea of what what God did is He established His covenant, and this and this with it comes all these things. We think so, I bring this up because sometimes we think of crediting all the the, the works of Jesus. Like I, I get credit now for every good thing He did, um, which I'm, I'm not discounting that. But I think it, the the ultimate thing is is that He demonstrated as as I think Paul talks about in, in Romans three His faithfulness, and it's that and, I, and that faithfulness is that covenant loyalty. It's the the right. full allegiance. And we see this all the time. Jesus says, I only do what the Father asked me to do. Right. It's a lot different than uh, what some might refer to as the treasury of merit. Yes. Right? Where they, there's a, a payment or for the good acts that, that Christ done. We have this pot of gold, so to speak, that are the merits. Right. And for each sin that we do, a little bit's taken out. Yeah. That, no, that's not it at all. It's not, right. it's not about that. There's no... Right. Although he what he did was meritorious, yeah, it was just a it was a perfected right. work. Yeah, and so so one of the ways, and it's not. I don't want to just the gospel is so big and multidimensional. Right. I don't want to reduce it down at times. I don't want to be reductionistic. But but when we think about the imputation of Christ's righteousness, I at times have thought about those meritorious pot of gold kind of mentality. But I, I think the the. It's more so, it, it's, it's really, I'm meriting his faith. Mm-hmm. He is giving me his faith. In this, why does Jesus need faith? He's God. But it's that faithfulness, it's his allegiance, his loyalty to the covenant and to the Father and to all those promises that, that God made to man, that man could not return to him. He returns that faithfulness or that steadfastness. It's the Old Testament word chesed, mm. right? Mm. That, that, that The chesed of God, that when he entered into covenant with Abraham and all his descendants, that we were to return that and couldn't. But it's only by faith, right, that we return that. And so it's, it's actually that we get credited with the faith of Christ, the, the, the God-man that we get back, that that allegiance, that loyalty that we couldn't do that, that he does for us, right? right. And so um, it, it, that's why faith is such an important thing for us to grow in and consider is that that's what we're being, it's a gift from God and we're being given this faith that, that is the, um, the constant question we ask is, am, am, I, am I loyal to God? Am I, am I, am, do I want what the Father wants? Do I want what, do I, do I follow in the footsteps of Jesus? 
right? Now that demonstrates itself in good things. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. I helped I helped the old lady across the street, or I, I gave money to the poor, I did. It, it shows itself in those things, but ultimately it's about, am I, am I living to uphold mm. the name of God, right? And, and to think about it, that's what Jesus did his whole life. He did, he was led by the Spirit, he did what the Father asked, and he said, even to the point of death, not your will, but not my will, but your will be done, showing that that human side of him that he that he entered into, right? That but all along it was for the honor and glory of the Father and His will and His purpose. Right. So when so when when we are made alive and 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 put our trust, which mm-hmm. is faith in yep. in God. This is not an, an empty faith or just a hope for type of right. faith, right? This is this is a trust on the idea and the concept that we've talked about from Hebrews eleven mm-hmm. on when we look back to all of his promises that he fulfilled. But when we when we step um into that faith, uh we tie into Christ to follow um to to be like him. In other words, I just mentioned this the other day and said, you know, it's not a, uh, uh, the way of the world is um, just do it. Yeah. Right. Whatever feels good, you know, follow your heart type of thing. But the message of Christ is take up your cross and follow me. Right. You know, that's a whole different message. It's, 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 it's deep. It's serious. And right. it takes um, our best effort not to attain anything, but just out of thankfulness for the for what He's given to us. Exactly, right? and it's that's a love response. It is. I think that's and, and it's tied to. That's why it's so important to look at this language of being delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of His Son. And we know, as you as we've said, that's happened because of the redemption, because of what Christ accomplished on the cross and through the resurrection. Because we're forgiven, we're qualified. But there's this, but this whole thing of allegiance. What are is is so important in this kingdom language becomes so important in that, right? That that it, it's it's a love. What do we really? We love the kingdom of God. We love God, and so I'm loyal. If I have that, then I'm loyal to Him above all else, mm. right? Uh, Think about marriage, you know, to our wives. That's why I think this is a great picture here. Is you know, it's like, what? Okay, I have this feeling I love her, right? But that love is going to show itself in loyalty. That I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go to another, you know, right. because because well, I can have this feeling. I mean, I know people who have, oh yeah, who've strayed from that, you know. But they say, but I still love my wife. I, I love her, <laughs> blah blah blah. But but you but but you didn't show it in loyalty, right? Right, and right. and so it's not that you can't return and be forgiven all that stuff, and we all need that in terms of our relationship with God. But the point is, it shows itself in this allegiance, this loyalty, this deep love that is a committed love right. to God, right? And that's where this whole pattern and way of life, of walking in a manner worthy, plays itself out in importance, right? Right, and 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 it's. It's this gratefulness that he's saying there, they're going to give thanks to God who's done this, right? And so all along we're looking to how that that this loyalty is born out of a realization that a real event happened. Right. A real event where Jesus entered into this world. He died, he went to the cross and bought us back wow. with his life and his resurrection that we know were forgiven. And when we preach that to ourselves, and we live by that and see that every day. The Father loved us so much that he sent his son, and look what his son did to us. 
why would I want to be give my loyalty, my love, my allegiance to anything else, right? Mm-hmm. But the faithfulness of Jesus, who who did this for me, right. and and so you just summarized yeah. the uh, the gospel in a, in a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, take a couple seconds, if you will, and speak to somebody who might be saying, you know, maybe not a believer. They're like, hey, um, there's no way. I mean, I've just done too many things yeah. that are wrong. Um, there's, there, there's, I really don't have right. this hope that you guys have. Yeah. So speak to somebody that might be feeling yeah. that. I understand that feeling and it's a real feeling. And I'm going to say this, it's going to sound a little bit harsh, but I'm, I'm saying this out of love. Get over yourself. God is way bigger. He's way more powerful. Jesus' love what he accomplished on the cross is bigger than any sin that you could have done. Behind that notion that, well, I've done something too awful, there's a little bit of pride in that, in thinking that somehow you're bigger than God. You're not. Um, and it, it could be a, the most awful thing that you can think of, but God is bigger. Jesus' love and sacrifice and redemption is stronger. Um, and I say this again with complete love, get over yourself. Mm. You're not bigger than God. Now, whatever you've done, Jesus' death is bigger. It's, it's better. It, it, is, it can overcome anything. If, if Adolf Hitler, before his grave, would have turned to Jesus and said, everything I've done, was, was Jesus' death big enough to cover all those atrocities? Mao Zedong Whoever, who's your, your picture of evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the hope of the gospel that I believe, and we're going to get into this next time as we talk about verses 15 to 20, um, in the next day, we're going to see just how big what Jesus did happen in the next verses. Jesus, uh, Paul's going to get into that. Yeah, we're dealing in terms of, of infinite, the difference yes. in, in what Christ's righteousness right. has done compared to anyone who's ever lived or walked this earth. Yeah. You, you think of your best person, your worst person, like you say, you compare myself to Adolf Hitler, mm. and we are in the same parallel as far as being yeah. lost in our sins. And yeah. so our hope right. is only in the one who could be perfectly righteous, and yeah. that's in Christ. So thank so, you for sharing that. Yeah, and, and again, I want to emphasize, we understand mm. how the guilt and just how bad that can feel and and it's and, and I would say there's a goodness in you feeling that it's that big, right? Right, because right. it's at the moment that I realize that there's nothing that I can do. Yeah, that I had to find myself in dependency right. upon some somebody bigger, and yeah. that was Jesus Christ. When, right. Um, and so next yeah. time when we get into yeah. the, the the supremacy of Jesus, mm. He's supreme over all that, you know. Uh, and so so feel bad about it, but. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. That when we come to faith and when we see just how big his grace is, just how wonderful his sacrifice is for us, just he's able to forgive it all. Right. Anything. Right. He's able to, that's how sufficient his his death and resurrection right. and is. And listen to the words of Jesus when he says, Come to me all who are heavy laden and burdened, and I mm-hmm. will give you rest. Right. For I am gentle and lowly of heart, yeah. right? And you'll find peace for your souls, right? Right. And then he says, take my yoke upon me, which is when you couple yourself with Christ, right? right? Um, so yeah, there's there's a yoke that you have to wear. It's the yoke of Christ, but he takes it all. Right. He leads you. There's there's no right. effort. There's no The effort's gone after this, right? So it's, it's a great message. Uh, the word is very powerful and looking forward 
to next time to, to, to continue on because it's going to get big here in a hurry. Yeah, <laughs> very much, very much. So thanks for joining us. And tune in next time as we look to the preeminence and sufficiency and supremacy of Jesus. Have a great day. Well, that ends our time together today. Please join us next time as we speak on Christ as the image of the invisible God and the creator and sustainer of all things. Planet is a Cornerstone EPC production, connecting to God, one another, and the world through the love of Jesus. More information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com.